I'm Alex Melleris. I'm Taisei Fu. Uh, we skipped a week of recording, you may have noticed. If you're if you're a particularly devoted listener, then hopefully you noticed we were gone for an entire week. Um, partly because it was a slow week where very little happened. And part of it was because Taisei was, uh, as you put it, up north. That's right. Out in a cottage for a week um, where, you know, it was just a bit more inconvenient to record. And so you combine that with the fact that, uh, you know, I think there was like one piece of news that week. Um, I think it's, we, we got we got ourselves a beefier episode today. So good stuff. So Slightly beefier. Don't oversell it. That's true. You're right. Um, it is, it, it, we are still quite in August. So, you know, it, it, it's, for the, it's for the best. Anyways, uh, where shall we begin? Um, what's your favorite bit of news? How about news? Klingberg? Okay, let's do it. I feel like Klingberg's the biggest one. Because, you know, he was one of the two big name UFAs we were talking about, like, when's he going to sign? When's he going to sign? And in the end, he fired his agent and signed a one-year deal uh, with the Ducks, $7 million a year. As you would expect from a one-year deal, higher AAV than there would be over, a, say, a four-year deal. But also, it's only one year. Um, I will I'll, I'll start by saying I think it's decent for both sides. I think considering the fact that Klingberg and I guess his previous agent, whoever he was with, made some errors along the way. This is a decent recuperation. And some people were saying, why would you take a one-year deal, John Klingberg? Uh, because the reason people you know, didn't want to sign you for long-term is because of your age. Uh, I think he's he's about 30. Uh, and next year, by in the year later, that's only going to be worse. But I'll, I'll argue the other side of that, and I'll say that I think John Klingberg probably had offers on the table that he now wishes he had taken instead of this one but then you know they were gone as teams went in other directions as he waited too long so i think klingberg's hope is his game maintains the same level and then next summer those same offers that he rejected will be back on the table and he'll be more eager to accept them this time yeah i think maybe even um the market from the beginning wasn't as he hoped i think the 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 offer he should have accepted probably came mid-season from Dallas. I think it was reported that they offered him eight years by $7 million, um, which is nuts. Oh, wow. Nuts. Um, but he said no because he wanted eight by eight. Uh, and, and so, you know, I guess his agent convinced him that they could push for that. The Stars walked away. And by the time, like, July 13th walked around, uh, nobody wanted to offer the 30-year-old defenseman um, eight years. Who could have seen that one coming? So... No one was even allowed to. Right. But even even seven years. Um, yeah, from, from from the quotes that I've seen from Klingberg, uh, it really was uh, one-year deals um, by the time free agency rolled around. And so, you know, uh, he took the best of them. $7 million is probably as high as you're going to get uh, in this cap market. And, yeah, for the Ducks, solid bit of business. They needed to reach the cap floor. Um, so this helps them do that. And, uh, yeah, cap, you know, trade deadline rolls around. They'll only have a 10-team no-trade list, and they'll flip them to a contender uh, at, like, 50% retain, probably. And, you know, you, you buy you buy a draft pick, essentially. Uh, yeah, so can't, can't blame them for that. Here's – I'm still, like, a little confused with, with Dallas. because So they had offered him if, – if, if they did indeed offer him 8 by 7 sometime in the middle of the season – Obviously, they don't have the cap space for that now with needing to sign Jason Robertson and Jake Gottinger and having a little over $10 million to do it. There's no room for Klingberg there. What did they do 
between offering that to Klingberg and now that that you know made it impossible to do. Well, oh, they did sign Joe Pavelski for like one more year, I think. So that's something. But also, right the day free agency opened, I know that we know that Klingberg was talking to Dallas, trying to work something out, and then apparently those talks did not go well, and Klingberg's like, "I'm not going back, no matter what." So was this Dallas being like, yeah, we know we offered you like seven million AAV now. How about like three years and five million? And he was like, how dare you? And stormed out of the office. Is that what we predict may have happened? Probably. Um, I mean, he didn't have a great season by his standards, and so I guess you know they 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 weren't as comfortable offering eight by seven. Uh, I think you know if they, if they were comfortable, even though they don't maybe didn't have the the greatest cap situation to offer the guy that that eight year seven million dollar contract. Um, we've seen teams make it work, uh, and you know whether it's selling off guys or offloading bad contracts. Uh, it sounds like Dallas was willing to do it since they actually offer the contract. Um, but you know things change, and uh, it's become apparent that uh, Klingberg, at, at this point in his in his career, uh, is not worth that. I think Dallas finally kind of came to their senses, and I think that's why we they they revoked that offer and never kind of presented it again uh, once the offseason hit. With the the Ducks. You mentioned before, like, you know, they may use this as like a trade deadline chip. If they're bad, you know, obviously that's that's what they would do. But I think they're they're clearly not trying to tank anymore. They're trying to, you know, take a step forward with their new young core. They're trying to make the playoffs. And it's very possible they'll be, you know, around the bubble in a Pacific division that's, that's still kind of on the weaker side. Not as weak as we thought last year, but it's on the weaker side. And they could make some noise. So that's why... I foresee more likely they're, you know, flirting with a wild card spot and then decide to hold on to John Klingberg rather than deal him away. That would be a bad decision. Agreed. <laughs> That's what I would say. Um, I mean, like, he, like he's talented and he's, you know, what, their best defenseman at this point. At this current point in time, he's their best uh, I don't who, who would I, you I think he's, he's, he's weak enough defensively that I would I prefer Cam Fowler as an overall player. All right, fair enough. Um, but he's up there. And, you know, he can, as as an offensive defenseman, can maybe provide advice to Jamie Drysdale and help, you know, further shelter him, um, you know, lower down the lineup as he develops. Um, so, you know, he works in that capacity. But, yeah, this this roster still stinks. Uh, it's the, the, the core is still too young. And the older pieces are just not very good. Um, you look at elsewhere on the defense, even you look at, at the kind of forward depth that they have, uh, it sucks. Like, if you look at their cap-friendly death chart, like, you know, they've got, like, Adam fucking Henrik listed on the first line. So, you know, that's all you kind of need to know. Um, so even if they are, you know, it's not advisable to uh, keep deadline pieces if you're Anaheim, I don't think. Um, but- Henrik had a bounce back. He had a bounce back. Don't besmirch his good name too harshly. He's 32 years old. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, the roster's not good enough um, to do anything in the playoffs. If you get there, that's great. But, you know, don't. there's an opportunity cost if you decide to keep John Klingberg. Um, so I say ship him off. His, the clock is on. This maybe, maybe this is just because I'm lower on Klingberg than many others. Uh, but, I don't know, the like Jamie Drysdale, who has been – overworked by the Ducks early in his career and his results, especially defensive results, have struggled for it. Um, John Klingberg is not high on the list of players I want mentoring him because they kind of have the exact same weaknesses. Yeah, 
you know what? Fair enough. Uh, but I think Klingberg for someone. Well, I guess you're not as high. Um, but for someone with those kind of traits, has done you know very well for himself. Uh, I know he's kind of yeah. fallen off the last year, but you know in his in his mid twenties, he was a damn good defenseman, even despite his uh, defensive liabilities. So yeah, I think he can help. Yeah, James I think you guys developed about that side of this game. Yeah, I think maybe the better way to look at it is it shelters Drysdale because now you're you're giving Klingberg the heavier minutes and the tougher matchups and you know the power play one time. You know, I guess the power plays where you want Drysdale, but you get to he Drysdale doesn't have to be on the top pairing playing way above his station for the entire season again. Right. Yeah. You you definitely decrease the the level of competition and for someone who yeah is weaker on in in his defensive game in Drysdale. Uh, you don't necessarily want him facing like the first line. You don't want to match a pair him like that. That's that's probably a bit too intense at this point in his career. Um, so yeah, that gives him added flexibility um, up until uh, March, is what I say. Yeah. Uh huh. Until they trade Klingberg away. I mean, looking at like the Pacific right now, if we're trying to project playoffs, I'm I'm going Calgary, Vegas, Edmonton. Even though those might be the vanilla picks, and I'm probably. I'm definitely still going with LA over Anaheim as well, especially after having having added Fiala and assuming they won't have as many long-term injuries on their defense. So uh, Anaheim, yeah, will be in tough for sure. Yeah, I think they're they're about on par, maybe a bit lower than Vancouver. And uh, I don't think either of us see Vancouver as, as a playoff team at this point in time. Um, so yeah, I think, I think definitely in a, it, it's a stretch. It's a hot take. If you pick them to go to the playoffs right now, even as a wildcard team, um, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll make that hot take. All right, go for it. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> just, no, I won't. I, I don't. I don't. I won't just make hot takes for the sake of it because I only make hot takes if they're not stupid. Fair, but you know what? Anaheim was what they were leading the Pacific at a certain point last season, weren't they? Out in like, and then John December. Gibson, right on schedule, became <laughs> awful in November for the third year in a row. Yeah. Um, but you never know. You know what? This. Vegas seems to be kind of falling apart at the seams. And I don't think it's the hottest take, you know. Like I think Calgary, definitely far and away at this point, is the best run organization in the division. Um, but yeah, if if Los Angeles maybe takes a step back or doesn't take the step forward that they want to, and Vegas keeps crumbling, you know, falling apart, I wouldn't be shocked. I'll be surprised, but I wouldn't be like, oh shit, you know, shocked because we saw it, right? The Pacific was weak last year, and you know. Well, if, if the goaltending can be not terrible, then perhaps they can squeak it. I've changed my take. Now, that I, think, now that I look at the Pacific, yeah. I think about what it was last year. I've softened my stance. The one thing that makes the Ducks interesting as a like playoff possibility is that the, upso- the upside is very clear to see. Like, you know, Trevor Zegris, does he become an, you know, an elite top-line center this year after his rookie year? Could very well happen. Does Mason McTavish... You know, win the Calder Trophy. That could happen. Jamie Drysdale has a ton of room to improve. And John Gibson has been an elite goalie in the past. And, of course, we can conceive of him returning to that form, even though I wouldn't bet on it. So there are possibilities all around the roster for the Ducks to kind of have this big boom into a good team. Yeah, absolutely. The possibility, the ceiling is there. So the problem right now is the average is quite middling. Um, and, yeah, didn't... I thought John Gibson was older than 29, um, but he's only 29. What do you know? Uh, but and he's, so, yeah, the, the defensive part of him still kind of stinks defensively. 
uh, is is part yeah. of the issue. They haven't been able, they won't be able to shelter them this year, um, which is unfortunate. But you could realistically foresee a scenario if everything rolls right that they, you know, secure a playoff spot. Um, but even then, I still think even if they do, you know, get that playoff spot, they won't do it if they're in a playoff spot in March. But they probably should sell off John Klingberg uh, because if they're in a playoff spot, he's presumably doing quite well. Uh, and you can get a good haul if you ship him off to a contender at 50% retained. Yeah, honestly, the only team in the Pacific that I'd be pretty, be pretty comfortable penciling in for a playoff spot right now is Calgary. Um, and maybe that's like slightly surprising to some after, you know, because their roster has overgone such a dramatic shakeup at the top, which now I guess this is an unintentional segue into Huberdeau. But I feel like, you know, the defense was already strong and Uyghur is a massive improvement. Uh, I think the downgrade from Goodrow to Huberdeau is not very drastic. And so I guess then it just comes down to you took out Kachuk, but you put in an elite defenseman. I think, I don't think, you know, that downgrade is enough to knock them even honestly out of first in the Pacific. Yeah, 100%. Top to bottom. They're still like a, a, like a well-built team. Um, there's no real like presentable weakness other than, you know, will anyone step up, step up to take that, you know, that first line winger spot that, that they've lost now that they've lost both Gaudron and, uh, to Foley. Maybe it's Manjapani with a new contract. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but yeah, still, still definitely the best team. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's close at this point. I think maybe talent wise Vegas is, uh, rivals them if they can put everything together. But they haven't put anything together like in a while now, and that team seems kind of kind of broken. And they didn't just lose Max Pacioretty for free. So, yeah, Flames comfortably in first. Everybody else, very much up in the air. I think. Yeah, but who knows how the Flames will be doing in eight years at the end of Jonathan Huberto's contract? Oh, all right. Here's, I think this contract was a mistake. And we've talked, I feel like we've been talking more than usual lately about what uh, Down Goes Brown calls the shiny new toy syndrome, where right after you acquire a player is when you're most prone to give them a, a contract that's too long, too expensive, whatever the case is. And a big narrative around this deal was, oh, Huberdo and Uyghur are both going to be UFAs. If Calgary loses them both, then maybe they lose this deal, even though it looks like it's so heavily in their favor on the day of it. And what I said... And all my wisdom and nuance, I be- I said, yes, but focus on Mackenzie Weger because a contract you sign him to is far less likely to turn out to be an overpay than one you may give to Jonathan Huberdeau, who's going to be 30 when his contract kicks in, as opposed to Weger, who's a little bit younger and, has, uh, and also is less likely to command, you know, eight years or even an AAV that would turn out to be an overpay because he's kind of underrated in the mainstream anyway. Uh, they did the opposite, and they said, Huberto, the big name, he's the one we got to sign. Uh, they gave him uh, the money that they were offering to Johnny Gaudreau. They gave it to him a year later, uh, when he and he's already, I think, a little older than Gaudreau. He's obviously going to be even older by next year. Um, and that's more than Gaudreau got anyway, and that's a million more than Matthew Kachuk got anyway. So... I think this deal is going to, I mean, I, I don't want to say turn out badly because I think even the Flames know that like five years from now, it's going to kind of be a burden. But I guess, it, yeah, I can say that. It'll turn out badly because five years from now, it's going to be a burden. Just 
Mackenzie Weger is the one they should have been talking to, taken out to dinner in Montreal or Ottawa or wherever, and been like, hey, we want to sign you to a good, fair deal. Jonathan Huberdeau, uh, if you want to meet our terms at a later date, feel free. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I don't, I, we'll see when it comes to making that judgment between Huberto and Wigger. Like, we don't know if they'll get that contract. You know, maybe um, by the end of the month, they'll sign Wigger too, uh, at which point this comparison is, is kind of moot. Uh, but, you know, if we look at the Huberto, con- you know, extension on its own, uh, I don't get the obligation to give him eight years. Uh, it's, you know, like, as you said, they already, the team knows that this is going to be a liability in, in five years, uh, if not less, because, because of the age that he's at and, and, you know, it's going to kick in after it's after next year. Um, and yeah, they, he's the, yeah, they really is the kind of shiny new toy syndrome. And yeah, I mean, like, he, as you said, Kachuk for, you know, the, he got locked in at nine and a half million dollars. Um, that is a friendly contract. Um, but also that covers like the more productive part of his career too. Like, oh, he's 24. Yeah. So 24 to 32, um, that's the prime, prime. Uh, when we're talking about Huberto, that'd be like 31 to 39 or 30 to 38, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> if you look at any player basically over the course of the NHL's history, uh, that is the time for, you know, the, the talent definitely decreases as the age increases. Um, so, yeah, and not only that, uh, you know, if we're talking about Mackenzie Weger, at least he's not a complete liability on one, of the, one end of the ice. Um while Huberto is, he's terrible defensively. And so, you know, is he worthy of $10.5 million for eight years? Um, I think, I, I don't think so. Uh, and the, the question is, though, like, what, what else could they have done? If, like, because, you know, Huberto does have that leverage. So he can just say, okay, I'll walk after next year. And you'd assume that Calgary has some sort of trauma associated with that if you don't happen this offseason. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, 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 that is the tricky part of it is, like, what else could Calgary have done? They were kind of tied to him unless they wanted to do another, like another trade to get a different first line player. I think there's shiny new toy syndrome. If that's what you want to call it at play here. I also think there's the extra syndrome of the external pressure of everyone saying you got to sign these players. Otherwise, you know, the Kachuk deal is a massive failure. And I think that put a lot of extra pressure on true living to get this deal done as soon as possible, which shows in the fact that it's not a great deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think uh, like what he's he's gonna be thirty when it kicks in. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think for Calgary, it's a matter of you need to win in the next two years um, before these guys fall off a cliff. Before contracts like Toffoli and Lindholm uh, expire, and you have to give them raises because they're underpaid at this point. Um, so at least the window's open. Uh, they open it for the next two years, but but further down the line, uh, it's not going to be pretty is the issue. Um, so if you wanted to, to have a kind of a dynasty kind of vibe rolling, uh, 8 by 10.5 for Huberto uh, is almost definitely going to look like an anchor um, as his offensive play decreases and he won't be able to you know supplant that with savvy defensive play because he's never done that over the course of his career. Uh, do you think we're being a little too hard on Huberto in terms of the Asian curve. I, I feel like, you know, he could stay productive into his mid-30s very easily with the style he plays because he's not really, you know, he, he's more of a, a, the creative type, and that's not something that really goes away with age. Right. Um, but I, he, he's such a defensive liability that if it falls off at any point, 
um, he like he'll become an overall liability, right? Like his his play right now leans so heavily. He'll become a castle. Yeah, basically, um, because he, it leans so hard on his ability to to to, to score or well score points, you know, and and create scoring opportunities. Um, that you know, if that falls off even a little bit, um, he's always cheating the zone when they're playing defensively. So you know that'll that'll definitely hurt. You mentioned earlier just a slight topic change about players never peaking in their 30s. Are you familiar with Nicholas Ledstrom's career arc? No, I'm not. He's before my time. Me too, but because we're the same age. Yeah. But do you know how many Norris trophies he won in his career? Nope. I'm going to guess two. The answer is seven. Oh, shit. Okay. Do you know how old he was when he won his first one? <laughs> no idea. How old is he? 27. 31. Yes. <laughs> He won seven Norris trophies all in his 30s. And his last one, I think he was 41 years old. <laughs> oh, fucking Christ. That's, uh, that's nuts. Um, sure is. It's crazy. I don't know if I... Is, is, are you, are so you let's saying- Jonathan Huberto wins his first Norris trophy at 31. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> uh, uh... Yeah, unless that's the case. I uh, I don't think this will age great. Um, yeah, it, it, it's risky, right? It's not a guaranteed L. But your your odds of success um, of like oh this contract being fair value especially down the line are, are relatively low and that's that's the danger for Calgary uh, for a team that has managed this cap so well um, with the exception of maybe like two players on their roster um, yeah this and this one this one has the potential to really really hurt because of how high the AAV is yeah and uh, Calgary also they got their two other RFAs or their main ones Manjapani Oliver Shillington. Signed to deals. Seems like they pretty much got their entire roster worked out and they're under the cap. Except Adam Ruzitska is the only RFA left. Manjapani gets three years by 5.8 and Shillington gets two years by two and a half. How, how does this sound? Yeah, I think for, for Manjapani, it's the uh, it's a signaling um, at, at this kind of AAV that they expect him to fulfill a bigger role. Whether that's, you know, because he's played mostly in, in the... Uh, as a third liner over the last season because they were so deep. Um, but because, you know, they lost, they lost uh, Kachuk and Goudreau uh, and they've only had really Huberto to replace either of them. Um, they're going to need to need him to step up because he did so well in the role last year and potentially, you know, with more power play time. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just more expectations. I think uh, he's certainly a player on this roster who's, who's capable of doing that uh, given that he's great at both ends. Um, but yeah, he's either taking him out of his sheltered role and, it's it's natural. I think you you lose you're you're bound to lose players, and you need uh, other ones to step up. And I think that's what they expect out of Manjapani. Was he really in a third line role? I did. Yeah. Was he playing that low in the lineup? I mean, his minutes. He he, he wasn't playing that many minutes. He basically didn't play on the power play yeah. at all. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah. No. Yeah, I'm looking at the average time on ice. Obviously, you know, a Lindholm, Gaudreau, and Kachuk got you know the brunt of it for fours last year. Toffoli. Backland were the only ones higher average time on ice than Manjapani. So kind of, I guess you could say, second line-ish sure. minutes in terms of time. But either way, your point stands that he was definitely in a sheltered role as that top line got the burden of the matchups. And uh, they still will, there, you know, Lindholm and Huberdeau. Um, but maybe they are intending on trying Manjapani out on the right wing on that top line uh, instead of Toffoli or... Blake Coleman or Dylan Dubé or whatever option they decide to go, Kevin Rooney, whatever. Um, and, you know, that would be that would be a test for him because he has been getting kind of sheltered minutes and he has thrived in those minutes. It's 
scored 35 goals last year. As owning him on my fantasy team for a large chunk of the year, I know that he's, he had a stretch of like, it was, he had like, what, 15 goals in 17 games or something crazy like that at one point. Um, so maybe there's a bit of streakiness here. But even when he isn't, you know, scoring goals all the time, he's still a very useful player. And I think he's a pretty decent bet to do well on that top line if that's what they decide to do. Yeah, absolutely. This seems like a smart organizational promotion uh, to to bring him up because he's you know he's done be- he's done great in that shelter role. And so yeah, you see what you can do. Um, and I think there's you know there's definitely gonna be a competition up there, um, more probably between Magic Man and Defoli mostly for that third first line spot. Um, but even as even if he loses that and Defoli ends up uh, as as the guy there, I think you know. It's a decent contract for for a second liner, and I think three years is is quite the appropriate term. I think he's what he's like twenty six now, so you're eating a good chunk of his prime. So I think that's that's certainly fair. And you know, five point eight for a second liner that's that's not bad. Uh, it's it's not a bad bet at all. I don't I don't see this becoming a liability unless he undergoes a a Sean Monahan esque fall off a cliff. Do do people call him the bread eater? <laughs> I. I, I, is that is, is bread eater what they've been calling him? I don't know about eater. I think I think like they call him bread or some shit like that. There's been a bread related. See, I just went on. Yeah, I just went on translate.google.com and Manjapani in Italian literally means bread eater. <laughs> but if you split it into two words, manja space pane, okay. it means eat bread, <laughs> like a command. Um. Okay. I I don't think I've heard of that one. I think they've just. He's been linked. I think he's been heavily linked to the bread emoji, um, but I don't think anybody's capitalized on the on the manja part of his name. But we should absolutely. We absolutely should. Uh-huh. Bread eater, make it happen. Such a straightforward translation too. It makes so much sense. It's excellent. It's the direct translation of the word of his last name. <laughs> bread eater. Like, do people use bread as as a synonym for money? Get that bread. Um, some people do. Is that is that a saying? I feel like I've said that. Yeah, before. I tend I tend not to, but okay. I, I know some people say like you know, Billy Joel said, "Put bread in my jar," and the song "Piano Man" because and he meant money. So there we go. He's making that? that bread. Five point eight million dollars by three years, to be exact. Well done. Uh, oh, what was the other pun? Oh, people were. I saw like three people make the Huber Doe pun, like Doe D O U G H for money when he signed his deal. That's terrible. That's cringe. It, B- it's, it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yikes. And they could have even done like huger dough because of how Ooh. much money he got. At least that's got amount. that's got some effort in it. Um, but come on, Thank really you. monosyllabic puns. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Barely even count. No, it doesn't. It's it's, it's the lowest of low efforts. Um, so mm-hmm. we hate that. All right. Uh, next on the agenda. Um. The LA Kings are giving a statue to Dustin Brown, um, of all people, and this this was clowned on mercilessly from all around <laughs> because Dustin Dustin Brown, I mean, is I think it's especially odd when you contrast it to the other players who have statues. I think it's just is it just like Gretzky and Marcel Dion or something like two of the best of all time? Yeah, I think. Uh, and now adding Dustin Brown to that group. I think so. Uh, well, there, I think there was another king. Um, let's see, L.A. Kings statues. Uh, Luke Robitaille uh, okay, has one, actually. They unveiled uh, it this of season. Course. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's just Gretzky. It's not even Marcel Dion. Okay. It's Gretzky and Robitaille. Sure. Um, so, yeah, Dustin Brown is not in that tier, obviously. People are making jokes about, like, oh, what's that dumb Nash- that banner that Nashville has? Like Western Conference, like regular season champ or something like that. Yeah, any- anyway, people are making jokes about, like, uh, no one can ever clown on Nashville again for that because Dustin Brown has a statue. And his number is getting retired, too, which makes significantly more sense than a statue. Uh, he will join Roger Vachon, Marcel Dion, Dave Taylor, Wayne Gretzky, Luke Robitaille, and Rob Blake. Um, now, the, here's here's in defense of the Dustin Brown statue. You know what none of those other players ever did for the Kings? Win a Stanley Cup. Not to mention, he was uh, the captain for both Stanley Cup teams. And he was actually the first American captain to ever win a Stanley Cup. So that's pretty notable. And I think, honestly, even just the Stanley Cup thing in and of itself especially because it had never been done before. Honor everyone on that team if you want to. Or at least, you know, Brown, Kopitar, Jonathan Quick, Drew Doughty, obviously those other three. Even Justin Williams won a Conn Smythe in 2014. Give, it, give him a statue, you know? I feel like Stanley Cup is kind of, you know, the ender of all arguments, especially when those are, like, the only two your team has ever had. What? what, what, what the only two your team has ever had? What do you 2012, mean? 2014. The only cups that the Kings have ever won? Yeah. Is that the case? Really? That is 100% the case, yeah. No way. Hold up. Of course, what? what? Yeah, when else did they? I don't know. They I thought they had another more, one. man. I thought they had more than that. Oh, well. They've only got the two. I was misinformed. Um, that, that changes the perspective, I guess. But even then, man, like it's one thing to retire the number. That's great. It's a standard procedure across the league. For, for players you want to appreciate to that next level. But man, a statue just feels absurd. I don't know. Like something about statues, they're 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 pretty dumb. Unless, you know, it's someone to, to really revere. Right? Uh and I don't know, Dustin Brown just doesn't seem like the type uh that that, you know, you would want to revere. Uh it's like, you know, if you want an entire yeah, your idea is fine. If you want to honor the entire team. Uh, put all 23 guys on a, on a nice little statue, fine. That works with me. Because, yeah, if it really is your the, the only two cups you've ever won, that's great. Celebrate it. Um, but, you know, just the captain, I mean, like, it feels so arbitrary. Um, he wasn't, like, some sort of franchise legend. Like, you know, it, compared to the rest of the league, you know, he wasn't the best player in the league at any point in his career. And so, yeah, it, it, it feels over the top for, like, just Dustin Brown. I would understand if you know, yeah, maybe not even the whole team, just a collection of dudes. Um, but mm-hmm. we're unveiling a, a Dustin Brown statue is just very funny and I think deserves to be clowned on 100%. I think maybe another thing with statues, why this feels so weird, is because you feel like when you see a statue in an arena, you should be looking at players who played like a long time ago, you know? Like, I maybe because Dustin Brown is, you know, just retired. It feels like a statue is the type of thing you want to wait out a little more. Like Hall of Fame, there's a three-year waiting period. I feel like statues got to be like 10. 20. After 10 years, 15. we reevaluate. 20 is a stretch. I, 10 doesn't make sense. Or maybe, well, here's the thing, because like obviously in special cases, this should be amended. Like Sidney Crosby retires, Pittsburgh should give him a statue the next day. I feel like as a general rule, though, 
actually, here's the thing, though. If we're saying, like, oh, as a general rule, for the players who aren't superstars, but you still want to give them statues, do you wait? Like, if you feel like you have to wait to give a player a statue, maybe that's a sign they shouldn't be getting one at all. How about that? Right. So, are, are you on board with Dustin Brown should not get a statue? Yeah, and in the end, I wouldn't do it, probably. I'd get, I'd wait it out for honoring those teams. I'd give to Kopitar, Dowdy, and Quick. You know, I feel like those are the really the big three. Yeah. Brown, I know you were a captain. You were less important, though. Let's, let's all admit it together. We can retire your number. Fine. Who really cares? No statue, though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, I even just, like, age-wise, you know, like, what? They're, like, 40 years old, 42 years old. That's young. That's young to get a statue of yourself. Who? Dustin Brown's like 37. Okay, never mind. Even younger. He's still in his fucking 30s. You think, you know, people in the 30s should not get a statue. All right? It's just not right. (laughs) All right? That's so true. (laughs) You should at least be in your 50s, 60s. And that's even 50s is like kind of a stretch. You know? So I think the waiting period is absolutely a great idea. Because Dustin Brown at 37 years old getting a statue just feels wrong. It's it's not right. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, obviously what I'm about to say is kind of extreme, but even the idea of someone being alive and being able to see their own statue, 100%. like, kind of freaks me out. Yep. You know? I was going to... I, I feel was... like if you see if you see a statue of someone, I always assume that person is no longer with us. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking that. I, I, mean, I, was, I, was, I was thinking of adding just like, you know, unless, you know, they, they've, they've passed away, then, you know, you can consider the statue. Then it makes more sense. Uh, you know, because you also had the tragedy aspect of it added on. Um, yeah, that's the exception. That's the exception. Otherwise, you should be old as fuck before you, like, get to see a statue <laughs> of yourself, is what I say. You know, like, the statue should not really bear a resemblance to your current face. All right? Like, that, there's my take, okay? You should, be, you should be able to be like, oh, yeah, I remember back then when I looked like this and we did this great thing. That's, that's, that's a great statue moment. Um, but like, you know, like I did this shit in like less than 10 years ago, winning the cup. Like, come on. Boo. And he's 30. That's absurd, man. He's 37 years old. He's got a statue of himself outside the arena. No, it's not right. Yeah. Well, they're doing it anyway, no matter what we think about it. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, but honestly, this, the stupidity of that, this decision pales in comparison to the stupidity of the New York Islanders decision to buy $50,000 <laughs> worth of mega millions lottery tickets. All right, this is even made even more ridiculous by the fact that the Islanders haven't made like a single transaction since the draft itself. And he, so here's what they spent their time doing. All right, here I'm going to read this article from MSN. The Mega Millions jackpot is up to 1.2 billion. This is from July 29th, by the way. It's up to 1.2 billion, and everyone wants a piece of the pie. Everyone, including the New York Islanders, which purchased $50,000 in tickets, the team announced. Why $50,000? Apparently, the figure is in honor of the team's 50th anniversary, per Newsday's Andrew Gross. Now, here's the quote from from John Ledecky, who's Islanders' co-owner. As we prepare for our historic 50th anniversary season, we want to show our appreciation for our Islanders season ticket members and staff and give them a chance to participate in this massive Mega Millions drawing. Uh, I think the rest of the quote, yeah, I think this is still him. Revenue from lottery tickets is dedicated to education in New York State, so no matter what happens in today's historic drawing, important funds have been generated for education in the state which supports our fan base and their families. 
Um, was this just like a New York jackpot type thing? I thought it was like an all around the USA. Who knows? Either way, uh, that's a real degenerate logic. Some real gambler's degenerate logic to be like, ah, the money's <laughs> going to the education anyways. Um, man, you might as well just donate in the first place. Don't eat the fucking buy lottery tickets. But yeah, as a premise, this is astoundingly stupid. All right. Uh, a, a dumb way to spend your uh, your money. And, and that's for really any kind of person. But for an organization to, uh, I don't know, to do it. Is uh, it feels especially dumb. I don't know, like fifty fifty thousand dollars too. It's like such an absurd amount of money to spend on the lottery. Uh, like, and, and mind you, the lottery is a uh, is a whole concept designed to you know designed for people to lose money. Um, you are not going to come out ahead. Uh, is is the great process? So they basically lit fifty thousand dollars on fire. I don't know. Did the drawing happen yet? The drawing did happen, and I think it actually was just like one person in like Iowa or whatever who. Who won the drawing? One point two billion, and of course, after taxes, it was close to the, like four hundred fifty million or something, which of course is still remarkably life changing. But yeah, the drawing happened, and one person won, and that person had no affiliation to the New York Islanders. Well, there you go. So they really did just like fifty thousand dollars on fire, uh, and even if they did win, still would have been a stupid bit. Um, I just there, there's just so much more you could do with fifty thousand uh, dollars, and call it a great initiative to honor your fiftieth anniversary. Than buying fucking lottery tickets. That's insane. That is insane. Anything. Anything. Food. Please, food. That's great. Buy some food for the last person. Anything. But lottery tickets, really? Really? You got nothing out of that. Yeah, this organization, they, they, they announced this, what, I don't know, July 31st or whatever the fuck, eight days later, has nothing to show for that $50,000. Absolutely jack all other than the 25000 worthless pieces of paper. All right, just so stupid, just so so stupid. Don't get it. I want to. I'm going to revamp this John Ledecky quote. As we prepare for our historic 50th anniversary season, we want to show our appreciation for our Islanders season ticket members and staff by doing the dumbest thing possible, and lighting fifty thousand dollars on fire and or flushing them down the toilet. Yeah, I I just don't understand, man. This is this has got to be the dumbest corporate bit I've ever heard of. I've ever let's try to think of. of something. Let's think of something actually that would be dumber than using that fifty thousand dollars to buy lottery tickets. What's a dumber thing to do with fifty thousand dollars? I don't know. Fifty thousand dollars to buy. Honestly, it's it's tough. It's tough because <laughs> it is tough. you really because would, the yeah. tendency is to make like jokes like you know light it on fire, or flush it down the toilet. But let's, like if we actually put our minds to it, what investment? could be worse i don't know it's hard because this is such a zero like they did as little as you could possibly do um and you have to come up with an experience that generates negative like you know negative pleasure or whatever the fuck um which is oh got it okay i got so, it yep. pay fifty thousand dollars uh for kid rock to sing to the children's in the hospital children <laughs> that out there That'll be a net negative experience. I promise you that. Okay. But if you're, you know, maybe there's one child in that hospital who's a kid rock fan. Now, as unlikely as that is, if that were (laughs) to be the case, yeah, at least you did generate something positive for that one child, despite the countless suffering, but you you know, you've subjected (laughs) the other children to, um, at least you did one nice thing for one kid. Um, meanwhile, you did zero nice things to zero children and adults. Uh, with, with with this one uh so yeah i i think even even that one is is I, we would laugh at it 
but it's just not quite as stupid as buying lottery tickets. Yep. This reminds me of, like, there was a Pearls Before Swine comic however many years ago that I, I still think about sometimes. Or, like, the side character Crocodile uh, was, like, obsessed with buying lottery tickets and, like, always bought too many. And his wife was like, you need to understand, you need to stop buying lottery tickets. Because even if you bought, like, a million dollars worth, you'd still only have, like, a 50% chance of winning. And he's like, you're right. I know what I must do. I need to buy a million dollars worth of lottery tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he does. And that's the end of the comic. Yeah. No, like, man, buying lottery tickets is like, you know, for, for an average person is really, if you know, you feel impulsive. You found two bucks in your couch or whatever the hell it is or in the laundry. Like, okay, I'm at the... I'm at the store. Might as well buy some lottery tickets or whatever the hell. I'm feeling Maybe lucky. Maybe I'll get lucky. Yeah, exactly. That's It's a real impulse buy. It is not smart. It has never been a smart choice to buy a lottery because you're designed to lose. All right? Um, before an organization, this passed through many layers of, you know, OKs and whatnot, to spend $50,000 on this. Oh, God. It's truly insane. Insane. Because it was the same thought process as that dumb crocodile from the comic book. It's like, the more tickets I buy, the more likely I am to win. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thought. Man, they were better off just like, I don't know, handing a dollar to all 50,000 season ticket holders and staff. Absolutely. But 50,000 season ticket holders, are you crazy? You're right. Maybe $5, you know? Like, that's welcome. Instead, you give them zero, and you get zero in return. Instead, you just have a big red negative $50,000 in your books. Yeah, I wonder if they yes, can write the, that the, off for taxes. Um, that, I hope not. Is really, the actual final truth of this is, in honor of our 50th anniversary season, we will make $50,000 disappear. And the benefit <laughs> that we said we were going to try to give to people, actually, you get no benefit. You get zero anything from this. Indeed. Yeah, just, just a well, brain-dead um, bit. <laughs> Dumb move. Uh, another thing the Islanders are, believe it or not, they're they're actually st- they might get Kadri, and I think they will. Here's a turn towards actual ice hockey. Um, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the Kadri stuff. It was obviously it's been mostly quiet, but someone who's like semi reputable said it sounds like Kadri's going to the Islanders. They have a deal worked out. It's gonna happen. Just waiting for Lou to clear out the cap room. And if this were any other team, I probably wouldn't believe it. But for Lou, who's so, you know, excellent at making sure no one says anything and leaks are so few and far between, I'm, I have a tendency to believe it more because of how little traction it's gotten um, and the fact that we haven't heard Kadri linked to any other teams in a very hot minute. And remember even last summer, it was like, oh, yeah, uh, the Islanders, like, re-signed, like, Andy Green and Corey Schneider. And then there were like no official report for until like September. I don't think I don't know if we're gonna wait another month for Kadri, but I'm I'm pretty confident now with a little that's been floated out and the fact that it's been so quiet everywhere else that that is in fact what we're waiting for. We're waiting for the Islanders to like I don't know trade Beauvillier for a third round pick and then they'll be able to sign Kadri. Yeah, it seems like the Islanders have you know have become the default team if you hear nothing on a guy. Uh, because they've done it before. There's precedent for them just agreeing to sign a player and then not saying shit about it. 
to anybody yeah. uh, and you find out weeks later. Uh, but yeah, it really is the, the lack of anything, like any any teams for Kadri, that kind of hints that he's linked to the Islanders because, right, there's no other team that would do this kind of nonsense. Uh, so yeah, I think it would be a mild surprise if he showed up and signed for basically anybody else. Uh, and yeah, seems seems like the kind of thing Lou would do. Uh, I don't know, get Kadri, ship out a player while selling low on them, and then calling it a day. Uh, and uh, completely ignoring the fact that it's all the shit contracts that he signed in the past that have, have led him to this moment uh, where he's got to sh- ship out these players. Um, yep, it's a real Islanders moment. I hope he changes his mind. Like, I really hope. Lou's like, all right, I did it. I cleared the room. Come sign. He's has, and he says, like, eh, no, I'll go to Buffalo instead or something. Oh, I thought you were you talking about like Lou would change his mind, but no, you're talking about Kadri. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would, we would love the drama. Um, and, Indeed. and Lou getting swerved like that. Yeah, so there we go. Um, Kadri on the Islanders. What do you think the, the cap it is? I mean, they have like a good amount of space. I know they have RFAs, but like, they're running at what, 11 million I think... space right now? Yeah, they do have, I mean, their notable RFAs are Dobson and Romanov. I like Kiefer Bellis will probably get like less than a million. So that's not too much of a concern. And I think the number for Kadri, we're probably looking at like eight and a half. I don't think Lou would go higher. And I don't think anyone else, as well, I mean, Calgary might have offered higher, but maybe he just didn't want to go to Calgary for one reason or another. I would be very shocked if it's, you know, higher than eight and a half, just because I know they didn't go higher than nine for Gaudreau. So would they be like, we're not going higher than nine for Gaudreau and then give nine to Kadri? I mean, maybe it is Lou. Lou is known to like play hardball with, with certain guys and, you know, give far too much to others. So maybe he's like, oh yeah, Gaudreau and Kadri are like both worth the same. You never know. Yeah. Or maybe he thinks Kadri's worth more. This is, this is after all, Mrs. Mr. Four years from Matt Martin, uh, among others. So, like, would I be shocked if he's like, oh, Kadri's worth $10 million. Okay, well, 10's a bit much. But, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, it wouldn't blow my mind because it is Lou. Any other general manager and I'd, you know, pop a screw and uh, yell and scream about it and be shocked. But, you know, Lou does, Lou has dumb takes, man. <laughs> he's, he's not good at valuing players. So, if he, uh, if he does that, like, you know, okay, makes sense. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. And so they probably have to clear like what, five million now is probably the amount. I I don't I don't know if they have to clear this so much. Like Dobson, if they're really trying to just minimize cap it, they could bridge him, give him two years, probably like I don't know, two and a half or so if you bridge him. Romanov, I mean, probably something like you know a little lower than that you'd think, round two, maybe even a little less. Then I guess I mean those are kind of optimistic guesses, and then all of a sudden you're around seven million in cap space, so you might it might just even be a matter of clearing up like. I was gonna say like Matt Martin and Casey's and Cal Clutterbuck, but obviously Lou's never gonna do that. So, maybe you know, Beauvillier I feel like sticks out as a player that Lou doesn't love, and even that like you know Barry Trotz scratched him a few times. Trotz isn't there anymore, but Lane Lambert was on that staff, so. I could see that as someone who's like fallen out of favor and they'd be glad to trade anyway. Man, this is, this is a fleecing in the making. 
and see this train wreck coming. Um, yeah, so that's that's the the Islanders up to dumb shit both off and on the ice. Um, now what else is new? <laughs> Here's all right. There's one more thing I want to talk about before we get to our draft. TSN had a tweet yesterday about Jason Spezza. Did you see this? Uh. No, I saw a video of like him writing. Like, that, yeah, writing. that was it. Okay, yeah, that was it. I wanted to talk about this because I thought this was this was interesting. TSN Sports tweeted how new scout Jason Spezza watches games versus how his veteran counterparts do, and they show like you know a bunch of other scouts. Kevin Shevel Dayoff is there. I don't know who else, and they're all just watching a game. I think it's maybe like a Helenka Gretzky game or something, and Spezza is there with his notebook and his pencil or pen or whatever it is. And he's thinking and he's writing. And this tweet from the official TSN account with a laughing emoji is like, ah, oh, young Jason Spezza, so stupid, taking notes on what he watches. Why can't he be as smart as all the other geniuses who just remember everything they see with their own two eyes? Dumb take from TSN. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it is a strange kind of attitude. And, like, you saw it reflected in the comments, too, I saw. Um, where a lot of people, like, you know, just just kind of, like, you know, clowning on Jason Spezza or whatever the fuck for being a nerd or something like that. Um, yeah, it's a weird, it's, it's a real, like, you know, strange, like, it's the same vibe as uh, pro-eye test and analytics antis. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so... But to see TSN engage in it is uh, especially dumb, I guess, is what you could say. Yeah. I mean, there is, I think maybe a part of the humor is Spezza really does look kind of like stressed and like really flapping around his book and like rushing through things, not very relaxed. And sure, you know, beginner scout, understandable. But I think no matter, you know, what profession you're in, there's no point at which taking notes is a bad idea. And I feel like for scouting, that's especially true. Cause like, how can you expect yourself to remember every detail of a game that's 60 minutes long? You know, uh, you, you're you going to want to write things down to refer back to in the tape later on. Um, even just like, you know, probably Lauren Kelly was actually talking about like when I take notes, when I'm watching games, I always put down the timestamp so I can go back to watch it later. And you're going to want to remember things for later. And you're going to want to make sure that you remember them rather than leave it up to chance. It's it's very easy logic. And this whole, oh, just watch and remember. It's just a matter of like the dumbest optics you could think of. Like, oh, if I write things down, that sh- shows weakness to my en- enemies or whatever. Really just, it's just like a dumb take. Um, because yeah, you, you add that like notes are, you know, they work. Um, but he's new on the job, dude. <laughs> It's like his first yeah. off season. It's probably one of the first games he watches as a scout. What? Do you want him to take it lax? I mean, like, it sounds like he's doing his job in a diligent fashion. You know? Checking, flipping through the books and whatnot. Wants to get it right. Good for him. Um, I, I don't get why. It really is just so dumb to clown on this guy. Or uh, learning the new job that he's doing. Yep. Absolutely. Um, all right. Do we want to do the draft now? Sure. How do we feel about that? Sounds good. Okay. So this week, what we're drafting is uh, social media platforms. Um, this one, 
is going to be... Well, well I'm, I'm excited to see how this one goes because obviously we can preface this by saying every social media platform is mostly bad, but some of them have elements of good in them too. So that's what we're going to be going to be weighing today. I, I project. Would you agree? I would. Let's go. Uh, so our last draft we did, do you remember what it was? I'm pulling up the, the archive right now. Christmas, Christmas what? Like oh, like days, days in December. I feel like we've was done that one really, since was, then, though. We must have. That was so long ago. All right. Uh. Uh. Okay. I'm going through our archive now on our Instagram stories, clicking all the way to the end, see what's there. Ah, uh, it was uh, shows for preschoolers. Was the last one we did. Really? Apparently. What day was that? Wait. No, that couldn't have been it. No, there's no way that was it because. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm missing. I, maybe I just haven't been adding things to the archive. I thought they went there automatically. I thought so too. <laughs> uh, oh well. Well. Uh, um, I, all right. I here's here's. I, I, all right. I really believe that the twelve days of Golkmas episode was the last uh, trivia. Yeah, back in I June think 21st. so as well. And yeah, I won that one. Enough. Yeah, you did. And resoundingly. So that that means uh, you have uh, first pick in social media draft yeah so why don't you go right ahead with that i feel like it's an easy one it's a slam dunk number one i'm going with twitter uh just so much great content i mean obviously there's you know that with any social media there's the shitty areas and whatnot but if you manage to stay away from that uh there's just so much great content on twitter um as uh yeah just a lot of funny shit where I get my news. It's always very, uh, it's always very, very, very current. Uh, you get like live reactions, and sometimes I'll see random shit on my timeline. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and I dig in and I'll look at that. I'm well informed, uh, and I also get most of my news from Twitter, just like the, the Twitter news feature or whatever the fuck. Um, not that I read it. I just oh, these are the headlines, and so yeah, just it's just uh, all encompassing. I spend way too much time on the platform, um, but that's because it's. Uh, the best one. So there we go. I got nervous for a second when you said it was a slam dunk because I thought you were going to go with the actual best one okay. that I'm about to take, which is YouTube. Are you are you, are you feeling sad now that you didn't take YouTube? No. You neglected to take YouTube? I'm you not. can be honest. I'm all right. Obviously, it's no secret. Like We talk about Twitter all the time on here because we're on there often. But when I actually think to myself, am I happier on Twitter or on YouTube, it's it's not even a contest. It's YouTube. I go on YouTube to watch videos about things I want to watch. It is incredibly non-toxic. Sometimes you see funny arguments in the comment section, but there's never any real beef because they're total strangers. On Twitter, there's negativity flying around all the time that, you know, we do our best to avoid, of course, but it's not always possible. On YouTube, avoiding negativity uh, is significantly easier, and it makes for an all-around A-plus experience. You know, personally, my, my experience with YouTube is that, you know, I'll, sp- I'll spend time on Twitter quite a bit, but I don't feel as guilty as I do when I watch, like, 20-minute YouTube videos, even if I watch them at two and a half times speed. Um, it just feels like it's much more time-draining. And then I'm like, damn, I really just watched that much YouTube compared to, I never tell myself, damn, I just consumed that much content from the timeline. Um, 
So I'm uh, I'm, I'm from well, you Twitter. can also you can you do you can listen to and even maybe watch certain types of YouTube videos while you do other things, while you're I don't know doing homework or doing the dishes or something. You can't read through Twitter and be productive in another way at the same time. Okay, it's well, impossible. It's hard to multitask even with YouTube on, um, because yeah, you're either paying attention or you're not. So. And like the auto a mindless it's like doing the laundry or something. You're being productive and also paying attention. Perhaps. But, you know, I don't count that as a plus. And the auto the autoplay feature is just too good. It's just too smart. It just knows how to <laughs> suck my fucking time away. So, I resent YouTube for that. So, I don't I feel zero regret. I I derive more pleasure from Twitter than YouTube, I find. Um, maybe yeah. maybe one of the reasons why I have a more favorable view of YouTube than many others is because I have ad block. And so I'm able to easily skip ads on YouTube to the point, like, you know, I don't get ads on YouTube because I have ad block yeah. on. And uh, so, yeah, I'd recommend that to improve the experience. Yeah. But even then, like I also have ad blocker. I have a, I have a way to skip ads on my laptop and yet I still feel the same resentment. It's not the ads, man. It's the it's the autoplay. It's the suggested videos. It's too good. All right. It's like it's too. The argument against YouTube is that it's too good. Yeah, too good at sucking. I feel me like in. I've won, I've won no, the first round. I feel like that just in, sealed man. the deal. It's sucking me in to watch content I don't really want to watch, um, but it convinces me that I do, and I feel it's just toxic. It's toxic behavior, YouTube. Boo. Well. Uh, as opposed to Twitter, a famously non-toxic platform. Your Go right ahead with your second pick. Avoid the bad parts, man. That's all I'm saying. All right. Um, this is, this is, it gets weird after that. Like, there's just... I don't really know where to go. But I'm going to go uh, Reddit with my second pick. Um, I just... Well, I just feel like, you know, like, obviously, there's, there's, there's weird parts of Reddit. I've never been on such parts. Um, the only parts of Reddit I've been on are, have been, like, remarkably helpful. You know, like, I Google shit. Whenever I'm ex- experiencing some sort of problem, I'll Google my problem plus Reddit. And then there's usually a whole list of people who have involved. Um, plus, you know, there's, like, whatever fandoms. If you're part of a fandom, you can get in there and, like, mix it up with people who have the same interests as you. Um, and just talk exclusively about that uh, on that subreddit. Uh, but it's really, like, the, the problem-solving aspect that I appreciate. You know, like r slash, I don't know, computer problems or whatever the fuck. Uh, and uh, yeah, you should get a good answer. Or like, you know, I'm looking at something like I'm looking at a service that I'm interested in. See if they've got positive reviews. Reddit seems to be pretty comprehensive. So Reddit's my third overall pick. You know, the first thing I think of when I think Reddit is like the incel capital of the Internet. Okay. Well, you haven't been on, on, on the health parts of Reddit is what I'm saying. Well, I don't know. I think of Reddit and I think of just the most unhinged things you've ever seen. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I think of those people who are like, am I the asshole for like, <laughs> for, for telling my sister that she can't come to my wedding if she brings her kids or shit like that? That shit is funny. Anyway. Though. That shit is funny as hell. Do not lie. <sighs> Come on. Well, and th- those so are the highlights funny. that like exactly. leak over into Twitter, and I'm like, if this is the best Reddit has to offer, <laughs> yeesh. Anyway, um, pick number two for me. Yeah, I will be selecting Discord. This is as proven to me over the span of a year and a half to be a practically 
perfect place for interacting with groups of people. I was I first joined Discord uh, for MWCA back in December 2020. And at the start, I was like, oh, I need to feel out Discord. Get a, well, what? There's a server. There's a channel. What's the difference between all this? It didn't take very long at all. And all of a sudden, you have a group with a bunch of people who can talk to each other in an organized way. So you're not like, you know, flooding one chat with like a million different things. You have to scroll back up. You have like different topics. You have voice channels, which are amazing, which are, which, you know, you can talk to each other. You can turn on your camera. It's, it was used for, you know, playing games together very often. It's really just all around perfect because here's the, you, because on Twitter, you got, you know, all these strangers who may interject into a conversation. Discord, that's never a problem. You're just talking with your friends about what you want to talk about, about what you know what you're talking about, and you can even speak with them face-to-face. It's a great time. Okay. All right. Pretty good pick. Can't hate on it. I think Reddit's better. But, you know, Discord is probably the best of the bunch. Um, all right. Now it gets where it gets a bit hairy. I don't know. Where do I want to go? Uh, okay. I'll go with a massive data farm. Um, I'm going to pick TikTok. Uh, yes, you did it. I did it. it. I actually did it. Um, because there's plenty of content. It's like YouTube, but shorter. Um, and if, you know, the algorithm is right. It's like interesting, you know? So yeah, there's endless content on TikTok. Not the best. I'm not saying it's the best, but I think it's the best of the rest. So yeah, there you have it. There's my pick. This is... I'm shocked you picked TikTok. I would not have started considering this until the sixth round, if at all. All right. Your complaint, your one big complaint about YouTube was that it sucks you in, and then all of a sudden you go picking TikTok, which is the by far most notorious one for sucking you in because of how short the videos are and Mm -hmm. how you can just, oh, this one, I'm 10 seconds in. The video's like... 30% 30% done. It's not very funny. I'll move on to the next one. And that one's short as shit too. So if I don't like it, I'll just skip that one. And people get sucked in for hours. Not me. I I have a TikTok account, but I don't have TikTok, the app on my phone. I only go on it on my desktop once every like eight days. Um, and even that, actually, I, I haven't been on probably in like almost a month because I got it for MWZA specifically to like watch the MWCA TikToks. And when I gave it a try, like, all right, let's see what TikTok is all about. Let's see if I enjoy it. I couldn't find any good content. It was just all meaningless and like, you know, stupid. So there, there you have it. TikTok is bad. All right. Go ahead. Make a pick. Anyway. Oh yeah. It's my turn, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this is not just a TikTok rose dime. Well, I'm going to use um, the uh, the thing that we use to speak to each other, which is WhatsApp. We were talking before when I when I brought up this possibility as a topic, like, oh, what are we what's counting for social media? And WhatsApp was kind of borderline. We agreed, yeah, it counts, so it counts. And I think WhatsApp is well, first of all, much better than regular texting for talking to somebody, uh, mainly because you have the little check marks that show you sent, uh, delivered, well, not sent and delivered, uh, delivered, sent, and read. Yeah, when they're in blue. Uh, that's very satisfying. You, have, of course, have the, the video call option, the voice call option. And you might be saying, oh, wow, 
Well, Facebook Messenger has those exact same things. But what I would say to that is Facebook Messenger is a part of Facebook. So WhatsApp is clearly far superior. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's just a texting app, man. It's pretty... If you've got Apple, you've got like... I just told you that it isn't. It also has a a voice call and video call. You can voice call and video on any platform, man. You can voice call on any platform. You can go on Instagram. You can go on Snapchat. Snapchat has its own thing, you know? Um, so yeah. And plus, what are, you, what are you talking about? WhatsApp is also owned by Facebook. Well, what is, what is this? What is this brainwashing? What it is? It is. Shit. <laughs> oh, no. God. I, I didn't <laughs> know that. <laughs> just trying to brainwash us into believing that it's not. But I just remembered just it didn't 100% is. It is Facebook owned and operated now. So. Alternative facts. <laughs> Yikes. Get owned. Um, so there we go. It is Facebook Messenger is, is what I'm saying. And like what? This whole like send delivered red feature? That's like any texting platform. What are you Except regular about? texting. Regular, Sure, regular text. Oh, well. I, well, yeah, you're right. I, I guess iMessage has it, but regular texting doesn't. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a marginal upgrade and other platforms offer the same thing. So boo. All right. Next up. Um, I will be taking uh, Pinterest because it's wholesome and you get to share your interests, find pictures of other things Ooh. you like. It is a wholesome Instagram um, where nobody's really flexing anything. You just find inspiration for whatever art you want to create. Uh, and it's just, uh, yeah, you're pinning your interest. It's in the name. You get to explore things that you like and enjoy. And uh yeah, like the commenting thing is not a huge thing. It's just, it's just you know, you're finding pictures and you're finding yourself. That's great. Pinterest. That's the vibe. I actually once tried to download Pinterest. I was like, this feels like something I might enjoy. Yeah. And I started and I was like, if this isn't the most boring shit I've ever seen, <laughs> then here's, here's what you have like, here's a little picture of my apron. And it's like, that's Pinterest. <laughs> like, what could be a larger waste of time than this? Nothing that I can know. Uh, which brings me to my pick, well, which is Instagram. So and now toxic. I know what you're thinking. Oh, God. I know what, Boom. I know what you're thinking. Yes. Here's, thinking here's what, I know Instagram yep. is owned by Facebook. This is Team Facebook and I know. I know. Okay. Here's the reason I'm picking Instagram. It's terrible. First of all, uh, the direct messaging feature is very nice. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking right. about? It's any, but any platform. What is he talking about? Somebody help me out This here. one in particular. More importantly than that, Instagram is where we post all our updates on new episodes being out and on our polls. So everyone who's answering this poll will be doing it on Instagram and therefore biased in its favor. Okay. Therefore, this is this is a strategic pick for me. And, uh, and yeah, there, there you have it. <laughs> Real brain dead take here. Um, <laughs> says says the person who just took Pinterest. You know what? At least, you know, it's it's uh, my pick wasn't owned by Facebook. I have no Facebook properties as far as I know, uh, and it's not it's not a toxic platform like Instagram is. Um, next pick, I'll be taking Anchor FM. Um, no, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> Does that even count? No. Um, I am going... taking Zencaster. <laughs> Exactly. I'll be taking Snapchat um, if I'm being completely serious. Wait, actually? Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> I thought there's... we were still doing jokes. No. Okay. Shut the fuck up. Um, there's value here. There's value here uh, because, uh, yeah, Snapchat's cool if you're using it correctly. You know, you get fun pictures that you can send to your friends, daily updates, whatever the fuck. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you can update your friends like that if you so choose. Uh, and uh, here, look what I'm doing kind of vibe. And it's much more accessible to send those pictures than any other platform. So, and you can send videos too. And chat. So, you talk about Instagram having a chat, so does Snapchat. It's in the name. But, you know, it's crazy. And you get to snap. Hell yeah. <sighs> All right. Let's, let me try to think of what I want to do this now. going to take Facebook. He's going to take the trifecta. I swear to God. I'm not taking Facebook. Do it. do it. Because Facebook itself is, is trash. Correct. Um, and you're going to end up with all three of them. Please. No, I won't. I'm not taking Facebook. Um, by Facebook itself is, is trash. I mean, like, even the main Facebook app slash website yeah, it is just is terrible to use. Um, all right. I'm at the point now. I will admit the only options I have yeah. are social media platforms, which I do not engage in and am not a part of. Okay. Which leads me to say... Well, I obviously have had kind of tangential experiences with some of these. Okay. Which ones have been the most positive? And without a doubt, that would be Tumblr. So I'm going with Tumblr. Uh, I have considered making a Tumblr account in the past. I haven't done it, not because anything particular about it has turned me off. I guess I just haven't been particularly inspired to or gotten around to it. Um, But what stands out to me when I think of Tumblr uh, is the line you cannot kill me in a way that matters because when I first read this, I thought it was from some kind of Avengers movie. It was just like a line in a Tumblr shit post about like a mushroom or something about a mushroom being like, Hey, do it fucking end my life or whatever. I'm just algae. I don't remember. And I thought that was hilarious. And I've seen, um, one of my friends from NWCA is quite active on Tumblr and is often sharing like, funny or appreciative Phineas and Ferb posts. Um, so yeah, I've only ever seen good things about Tumblr. So there we go. Pick five. Um, yeah, I know that's, and I don't remember the last time I heard the word Tumblr and, uh, yeah, it's exceedingly irrelevant these days. I don't know anybody. I am now like one degree of separation away. Okay, from Mr. Snapchat. Know, knowing people. Most relevant Tumblr. thing. Okay, fair enough. But Tumblr seems even less relevant. You know what I mean? So at least some people use Snapchat. I only know of one. I only know of one person who uses Tumblr. And you just told me about them, uh, you know, 120 seconds ago. <laughs> so there we go. It, it, it hardly qualifies. Next, I might as well be picking Vine. Um, all right. What do I have left? God, it really is a, a barren wasteland. I don't even know what it's called. Absolutely. Oh, this is horrible. I'm on a list now, and one of the options is Google Hangouts. <laughs> Bro, that's not a social media platform if the total number of users is zero. All right? Like, do we count Zoom? Is, like, Zoom a social media platform? Uh, no, Microsoft I don't Teams? I'll allow that one actually, because there, there's like there's a chat function and a video function and like different channels. Yeah, if you want Teams, they... I'll let I'll let you do Teams. Teams sucks. I I gained zero value from from Microsoft fucking Teams. Um, I have PTSD from that little ding noise. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, like, 
See, I sent it to you as a text, ironically, but like cap friendly armchair GM forms. Like, we, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> at least it's associated with something positive, um, is what I would say. I what the hell? What like Gmail? No, that's not acceptable. <laughs> Just emails in general. The athletic comment section, <laughs> like. <laughs> oh man god like okay so what i have on my list is like i have facebook i can go linkedin i can do like be real which oh okay i don't know like linkedin sucks it stinks all right the the the, the home page is ass there's nothing ever good i have a website i have never even been on the website i have a linkedin account with like i fill it out with my cv but like and i have like connections or whatever the fuck and like whatever i look on the feed it is the worst thing i have ever seen all right like it is oh god i haven't seen a single good thing i i I cannot emphasize that on linkedin it's all like shitty motivational posts and like i got promoted all right that is all there is i cannot stress there's a shitty of an environment linkedin is it's horrendous it's horrendous all right so i don't know like should i do be real like what the fuck is that whole premise anyways i don't know um but it seems like funny at least you know like it's it's a meme um you know what i'll take facebook fuck it I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> all right, you did it. I did it. Everybody can eat shit. You just tanked the draft. No, no, because I am not. I'm taking it for Facebook. You know, can I say Facebook Messenger? Yes, I can. I'm not taking the whole. No, Facebook. you can't. I can. It's a separate Facebook app. Messenger is a separate app. What are you talking? It's about? the same platform. Facebook brings you directly to Messenger. There's a little icon in the corner of Facebook that's like, and open your messages here. Okay, you cannot so. split those two up. You yeah, cannot. You 100% can. Because at the same, in the, in the same breath, I can also send from my Facebook Messenger app, I can send DMs to Instagram accounts. What? That's so ridiculous. You can't do that. Yeah, you can. I, I, they integrated it like that. Like you can, if you don't have a Facebook account, but you have an Instagram account, I can send you a DM from my Facebook account. I am not shitting you. That is a real feature. Well, I never heard of it, and it sounds stupid, <laughs> and Messenger's part of Facebook anyway, so I'm not letting you split so the So is one. Instagram. What are you talking about? No, this is part of the same company, not the same, like, Rob. Like, Facebook, orig- in its original form, okay. well, I don't know if it was, like, in 2008, but Facebook is, like, oh, Messenger is, like, with Facebook. Instagram came into the picture way later on. It's still its own f- entity. Uh, then maybe I don't want to take... Do, do, we, do we count Strava? Like, uh, I don't know. FaceTime? How about Strava. FaceTime? Strava is that fucking running app where you can share out like how much you run. You know what? Really, you, change your mind. If you want to... So you can put me out of my misery. I'll let you take just Facebook Messenger. <laughs> like, what else is there? That's the issue here. Do you have any ideas for me? I'm looking for I have an idea for right me. Now. I'm looking through my phone right now and I, I really can't find anything. Do we count FaceTime? Is FaceTime a social media? I think it's the same thing as Zoom because that's just like a video chat and no other features. I feel like that can't count. Okay. All right. If you're going to let me take Messenger, I am... I'll allow it. Yeah. I guess I have to. I'm going to take Facebook Messenger because it is a great messaging platform. Superior to all others. You can get those little chat heads. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but you know, 
the things on your phone, the little movie things. I actually don't know if they still have them. That was like circa three years ago, but it's okay. I'm going to say they do. Um, that's it. That's all I have to say. That's it. My bit is uh, up. With my last pick, I'm taking Slack. Have I ever used Slack? Oh, no. Fuck off. That's horrible. Okay, go ahead. Please. Please. Proceed. Have I ever Sorry. used Slack? No. <laughs> but I have heard from a friend that it is like Discord, but has more professional features. And so I'm like, if it's close enough to Discord, it's absolutely worth my oh, last round man. pick. So th- there you have it. Oh, God. This guy really this guy really framed with professional features. That was the language he used. When it's really just work. This is what you use when you go to work. This is a work chatting platform. It is a great invasion of privacy when you have to go out and like to be, fucking chat. That's all it's used for. Come on. Come on. That it... It is it is geared towards and used almost exclusively by you know workplaces. Um, and so yeah, you have to like fucking check your Slack. I have experience with Slack. It stinks. Um, and it's like I'm on the job, but I'm at home. You know, and now it's Here's like a very handy messaging platform. Here's the thing: Slack can, based on your description, be used for fun times. So there you <laughs> have it. What are you talking about? Uh, is it like Discord? Can it be used in similar ways to Discord? Does it have like voice, like channels and voice channels? And I don't know if it has voice channels. I've never used that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I know they have channels, but it's just work channels. Like I know uh, on my Slack, when I used to use it, they had like training and shit like that. And those channels right. stink. So, I would like to slightly alter my pick to Slack for fun that, purposes. No, dog, no, <laughs> boo. Okay, I'd like to change TikTok, but only the good ones. Um, <laughs> I would like to use uh, WhatsApp if it weren't owned by Facebook. <laughs> Reddit, but not the toxic parts. Actually, all my all my media's, but without the toxic parts. Please, YouTube and particularly the best videos of it. Facebook Messenger when I'm chatting with my friends and nothing else <laughs> um, and people I want to talk to. Uh, and and without all the oh, here's the other thing with Facebook Messenger. No, it's over. Compared, we're not the episode's still running. Compared to every other platform, yes. particularly messaging platform, okay. the bots on there are so much more pervasive. What? Go in any time into your like message requests on Facebook, you'll probably see like nine different random here i'm gonna go in right now to my facebook messenger uh, see if i, I don't know what you're uh here message requests i've got eight right now uh and it's like they're all called like local hookup or like a random list of 90 names uh and it's just uh a bunch of garbage that you know clogs up the experience um okay so two two aspects on that they very kindly put those message requests in a separate, very difficult to access or not difficult to access, just a very separate part of the app. So you don't have to, so you have to go out of your way to get rid of them. Um, not really. You can just very easily ignore them. I don't know what you're talking about. And second, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I, maybe you're just making yourself very vulnerable to these bots. Cause I have not ever, never gotten a single message request from a spammer. So this is a problem unique to you, I say. And uh, yeah, that's that. Okay, well, let's go over the teams. Your team, Twitter, oh, Reddit, TikTok, Pinterest, Snapchat, and Facebook Messenger. 
Meanwhile, on my side of things, we, we don't have, have you know we don't have to call we, it Facebook Messenger. We can just call it Messenger. We are calling it Facebook Messenger. You know, it's called Messenger side of on my phone. It's <laughs> yeah. Messenger on my phone. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> on my side of things, we have YouTube, Discord, WhatsApp, Instagram, Tumblr, and Slack. So uh, I think the choice is clear here, and it is me. I've got YouTube and Discord and WhatsApp and Instagram and Tumblr and Slack. You can't beat that. Um, yeah, I guess it's the end of the episode. I guess it is. Right? Yep. Okay, well, I'll have to pull up later this week as per usual. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. All that stuff. Instagram, Fusion and Hockey Podcast, which is, might I say, one of the good social media platforms, one of the six good ones. Um, and Twitter, one of the bad ones, obviously, uh, at Alex's new handle, at Taisefu. And we will have another episode next week. Uh, and then after that, we will be taking a couple weeks off because I'm going to be uh, out of town. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. The end.